0: Hello! Hello. Welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lily Cox. And I'm Nikki Pope. And this week, we're talking about how to keep your business relevant and reactive to emerging consumer trends. We're really excited to have with us
1: a lady who knows a lot on the subject. Debbie Digby is the founder of Passion for Hair, an independent distributor of hair products with a foundation in education. Debbie is an advocate of sustainable and vegan hair care, and a strong campaigner on color patch testing and client safety with many years experience in the UK hairdressing industry and I'm sure you've met a lot of people and seen a lot of things over the years Debbie so let's get the conversation started welcome welcome
2: Welcome. well thank you thank you very much I'm delighted to be here And a beautiful introduction, Um, I'm very grateful for that, and I just want to say, um, I love this this project, I think it's great, Um, it's a fabulous media for our industry to be using, podcasts. Great, thank you Debbie. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Good. Great. Well, each week
1: we have a conversation on a different subject, and I think that hairdressers and salon owners... Are much more mindful of what's happening in the marketplace than perhaps they've needed to be in the past. And I think that it's such a fast changing world and we're all so connected these days with social media and the internet. Are you seeing people feeling quite challenged about how quickly the marketplace changes or is it kind of more of an excitement about, oh, what's the next trend, what's the next thing?
2: I think um, when we think about how much change there has been in our industry, there's been a lot, in the last few years if we then think about the pace of change is it likely to be less or more in the future i think we all feel that it will be more and that makes us a little bit nervous if you like yeah because it's it's kind of the unknown so we we know that uh, there's a lot of change to be um, embraced but when you don't know what it is it can be kind of daunting um One of the things that I encourage salon owners to do is try not to be everything to everybody because our industry is so vast today. Finding your niche, if you like, carving Mm. your own niche um, and making sure that you become an expert at what it is that
0: you want to represent within your brand. I think is very important today mm. so Debbie I know that your brand is very interested in um, vegan and sustainability which has been massive as an emerging trend at the moment can you tell us a little bit more about the vegan products that you have and how you see that for for salons coming on board how that kind of
2: yeah so um, I my interest starts with me um, okay. because It's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Myself, I am very interested in the products that I use. I'm interested in the effect it has on my health um, and of course the environment. So it it kind of starts there if you like. Um, It's great to see so many natural uh, ingredients being used today in Mm. our industry. And technology has moved so fast over the last decade, allowing manufacturers to use more natural uh, products so mm-hmm. that we can um, get, um, you know, really get into that, that sector, if you like, that category. You know, We're seeing more and more consumers interested in vegan products. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, it is, to me, it's very exciting Uh, One of the biggest challenges I am going to tell you in introducing hairdressers to this is that often they are a little reluctant because they think, well, if it's natural, it can't possibly work as well as... synthetic Mm. uh, hair color for an example you know I I will present um, you know our vegan hair color to hairdressers and they say well well uh, I bet it doesn't cover white yeah yeah Uh, I'll get the
1: same lift or yeah yeah or
2: can you get a vibrant red and and luckily manufacturers you know today are technologically able to Mm. produce products that perform just as well as synthetic products
1: And there must be some pull-through from the clients because clients are much more discerning and it's a trend right across the board, not just in hair and beauty. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense for salons to be much more open-minded about the services and the products they offer.
0: But equally, I feel that a client who's asking for vegan or or not necessarily vegan but a natural alternative to the synthetics is going to be more tolerant if there is quicker colour fade, perhaps in the colour process because that's their choice. They're they're opting for a more natural alternative, so you maybe would weigh that up.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I I do want to say that there is this expectation of Mm. more natural products not performing so well. And uh, if anybody um, uh, does think that that is the case, Um, then I'm very happy to direct them to um, some videos (laughs) that would show them that, yes, you can get 100% white coverage with a hair colour that has a very high uh, volume of um, natural ingredients. There are a few brands out there, not just mine, that have uh, over 90% natural ingredient in their formulations um, and they work perfectly well, so... Mm. So I think that's, in, you know, that's an important point. Um, I also, I was talking just yesterday to a salon owner who was telling me um, he has two salons. One is in uh, East Dulwich and the other in Crystal Palace. And they had made some posters for their window um, communicating to their community that they've got vegan hair colour. Mm. And he was telling me yesterday they're having uh, on average five inquiries a week New clients walking in. Can you tell me a little bit more about really? your vegan hair color? Wow, colour?
0: wow. And so it's... it's interesting, Debbie. We were talking about it a little bit earlier that there's a, a misconception that you would you need to be a vegan to have vegan hair color, or not. You need to be a vegan, but people who are vegans are more inclined to have vegan hair color. But it it can be for anyone, and I think it is a real yeah. Consume... I think a few people are interested than would actually say they're vegan
2: there is actually research out there that says that uh, over 50 percent of consumers are interested in vegan uh, products and foods only six percent of the nation are vegans Mm. so it shows that uh, vegan vegan and veganism has almost become like a beacon for natural things things that we believe to be healthy
1: what other trends are we seeing coming through that businesses need to reflect? I think speed um, has been a big trend in the last few years. People speed talk of about service. speed of service to reflect people becoming that phrase time poor. I'm not even sure if it is about being time poor. I think it's about not wanting to sit in the salon for hours on end.
2: Yeah, I agree. I can remember um, uh, years ago when we were thinking about a service in, a, in the salon. You know we would think about making that service luxury and so therefore um, making the service longer yeah so that people could yeah. you know pamper themselves but I agree Nikki I think today um, people want their services faster and um, uh, you know we, we're we not so interested in being pampered um, but we I think we would much rather get through the service quite yes, quickly. Yes, be efficient. So yes.
1: I prefer the phrase efficient rather than time poor. I think people are just more, there are more options about how you spend your time, mm-hmm. and there are more demands on your time, and there are more things you want to do. So I think being efficient. However, I still, I do think there's a massive trend for experiences at mm-hmm. the moment. So whilst people are shopping online more, and perhaps going out shopping less, mm-hmm. Equally, we still want to go and experience and enjoy things. Go to the theatre. Go for walks. Go on holidays. Go to the spa. So I think providing your business reflects the experiential side of things, you'll be on trend. Yeah,
2: see What I mean. I agree. I quite. I um kind of phrase recently. It kind of came to me, <laughs> you know, in a moment of mm-hmm. uh, inspiration. Yeah, inspiration. <laughs> and um and I I, I wrote it down. Uh, experience is the greatest salesperson of the 21st century yeah Yeah. Uh, because I I'm in sales it's what I do Um, I teach hairdressers whether they like it or not you know when you are customer facing you're in sales yeah but I realized one day um, that when people get a great experience they are more likely to spend and spend more so the old-fashioned notion, you know, of somebody going on a sales training and learning uh, sales, it, it, it's not as necessary anymore. As long as people are getting a good experience, and I think that experience includes information. Yeah. I think one of the things that we, we miss the opportunity of putting, uh, giving the client information, allowing her to make decisions about her purchases... Um, based on that information yeah yeah um, That's i think
1: definitely the best marketing i think it's always been that way to a certain extent a lot of us will pay that little bit more if it's a better shopping experience you know it used to be that you'd shop at marks and spencers which wasn't the cheapest but you knew that the customer service would be great or that they would take they'd, they'd refund or swap products without batting an eyelid so i think those sort of things still remain is that we would still most of us prefer to perhaps pay a little bit more, not, we'd go mid-price, not necessarily high price, if we feel that we're getting the value in the experience.
2: I think today in salons, in any business, I mean, margins are tight. There's a huge squeeze on, um, on the amount of disposable um, money within a business to be able to add some nice, Bits that Mm -hmm. add to the experience, but if we think about people being able to add to the experience, that's really not going to cost very much. Um, I think that when we think about the hair industry, it's a lot you know, we're very people um, heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there needs to be in our industry more support for younger hairdressers in under in learning how to um, deal with clients because their clients today they, they demand a lot
0: mm-hmm.
2: When I'm spending my money, I demand a lot. Yeah. So consumers are very demanding and for young people and most hairdressers you know are young yeah. for young people that can be quite difficult to know how to deal with those demands and definitely within our industry we have got to find better ways of supporting our young hairdressers in understanding how
0: to deal with those 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 demanding clients yeah Mm -hmm. it feeds into the idea of customers being super savvy and more informed now about the ingredients that are in products and what they've been able to see online i know nikki and i have talked about a lot how we buy things generally in our personal lives now based on reviews so often so if the service yeah the trip
1: advisor mentality exactly so if
0: the service you're receiving in store or in salon isn't brilliant then you can go online and you can rely on all the reviews that are already there and all the information that's already out there for you
1: and you can add your own review which is also the other thing that businesses need to contend with these days and i think that will keep you relevant So we talk a lot about being online, promoting yourself on social media and Instagram, but actually, just as importantly, Mm. the client endorsement is something that businesses need to be really aware of and to know how to manage.
2: I very much, at the moment, am a great fan of the client selfie. Mm-hmm. You know if you can get a client to take a selfie that you can then pick up and share on your social media Brilliant, yeah you know one of the things that um, I've noticed is that that gets a lot more attention it's it you know it's probably worth five times anything you could post on social media Absolutely, yourself yeah so it, it um, um, and, and Nikki that's really interesting that you would say that you know responding to um people's reviews and comments good or bad i think yeah Yeah. i agree and um i'm going to make a note of that (laughs) (laughs) yes you can have that one yeah
1: No, i think it's really important because i think you know that's part of good customer service as you said learning how to handle clients you know for better or worse and Mm -hmm. how to handle situations and i think that's absolutely one of the key trends Yes. Is customer service and standards.
0: And I think building on what Debbie you were just saying there about the selfie, the client selfie, and how important that is, I think it's a brilliant idea for anyone who's who's got a salon or who works in a salon and can bend the ear of the salon owner to create an area maybe in the salon. It doesn't have to be a big area; it can be like one meter wide or whatever that's got a good light thing yeah. set up or, or a, a ring, ring light. light. Get a ring light for I your phone it's or relatively yeah. cost effective, isn't it? A ring light, I suppose. And, I don't know, a nice bit of clean wall where it's got nice wallpaper or a nice effect or something. So kind of you're encouraging your clients or your stylist to then take a picture of that client's hair in in, in a nice
1: setup. If you go into places like the lovely new Sassoon Academy in London, they've got um, a logo wall especially for all the students who visit to come and take photographs there. And we've seen salons doing that. Really effectively it can be quite a small area
2: yeah one of the things I like about a logo wall of course a massive uh, concern for salon owners these days is GDPR yeah. Oh, yeah and if a client has stood in front of a logo wall and had her picture done there very clearly is permission for that picture yeah, to be absolutely. taken and used yeah and um, so I really like the logo wall because I think it's a, a really um, very natural way to deal with the concern of GDPR.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: absolutely. I, think yeah,
1: that's, I hadn't that's thought about mind.
0: that
2: before, but yeah, it, it is, isn't
1: it? How easy is it for a business to identify whether a trend is worth investing in or not? So in the last few years, I was quite struck by the rise of the blow dry bar because just we just didn't have them. X number of years ago, yeah, and they do seem to have stayed around the blow dry menu, and I think now again salons are right to invest in either an area or like a little menu or to get somebody sort of on that. How easy it is, I can't say today. <laughs> How easy <laughs> is it for a salon to figure out the longevity of a trend?
2: Yeah, I, I, um, I think the blow dry bar uh, trend was fantastic for our industry Um, i think that we are still on the uprise of the curve of that you know when i travel around the country uh, i see lots of salons not yet making the most of that and i really do think that we ought to claim that as an industry you know as a service just just as a um just as a cut and blow dry is a service there should be some kind of blow dry service uh, there are ways of being able to speed up the service that we were talking about earlier that um, people should really look into i also think we are going to see as we move forward dry style bars so where people just literally come into the salon and they have their hair styled in 15 minutes And one of the things, one of the reluctance that I see of salon owners of those things is that, you know, they are considered because of the amount of time by consumers, they're considered to be uh, only worth a small amount of money. But but in salons, I think what we've got to do is we've got to organise our appointment books around those kind of things. So let me give you an example of what, what I mean. If we are going to provide a service for blow-dry bar or dry style bar or braid bar, any of those kind of things, they're going to be Friday evenings, Saturdays. Um, What we ought to try and do is take those services which can be moved, let's say women having their hair coloured for a couple of hours, try and make those services, um, group them together as it were. Right. So try and keep. If a client rings up for a hair colour and she says, "Can I have you know Friday evening?" Try and get that client to come on a Thursday evening. Yeah, to if, safeguard the time for. yeah Dry style. Yeah, because it's yeah because I think the thing about a blow dry bar, or dry style bar, braid bar, whatever it may be, um, there there has to be a pace to it. Yeah. A certain pace. Yeah. yeah um and you can't really mix the services and get the pace very well no
1: you can't book in for 15 minutes dry style and then wait 15 minutes for somebody to come free to do it they yeah. have to sort of be available
2: i think there is so much um untapped potential i look around i see how much money people now are spending on things like um uh, having their makeup done when they're going out yeah eyelashes yeah These days, everybody's getting their nails done. And I feel, in the hairdressing industry, we've not moved fast enough into those kind of services. I think it's definitely an area that we could grow in. I am staggered at
1: the trend for people spending fortunes on hen parties and girls' weekends and pampers' weekends. And to me, that is a huge potential market. On the one hand, we've got a trend towards people wanting services at home. For, it's you know quite the stamp of luxury to have somebody come to your house but it, really what they're saying is I want the experience of it but people also like to share and they like to do things in groups and they like to share to make mm-hmm. a day of having um, your girlfriends around and having this great long you know hen party weekend that involves makeup that involves massages at spa days and drinking mm-hmm. and partying and then the next day doing it all again so I think there's huge potential there
2: yeah Yeah, I agree. I like that idea. (laughs) Note number two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You could have that one as well. (laughs) So, Debbie, I know you said your business is doing incredibly well at the moment because largely due to some of the trends that we've discussed already. What are your um, the salons that you work with? What are the kind of trends that they're noticing that they feed through to you? So, um, very much a demand for...
2: Um, natural products Mm -hmm. a demand for um, information about not just about products but also you know how do I style my hair Um, how do I get more than one style from my haircut I think we have to accept that um, people don't come to the salon very often every week but they do want their hair to look nice all of the time And so the more we can add to um, our services, helping people to be more spontaneous with their style. So in other words, when I go to the mirror, um, I I think to myself, well, today, I want to style my hair slightly differently. And it's very easy to help um, clients to do that maybe. And I think it's another great opportunity to be able to um, upsell. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. For, let, let me give you an example. Um, if you could teach a client how to curl, curl is massive at yeah, the moment. of course. Uh, but there's lots of different types of curl. Yeah. So most people learn how to do one curl, and then they're only doing that one curl. So if you could teach a client then how to get a second curl look
1: yeah. with
2: a different type of curl, yeah, that would be a great opportunity to gain that client's loyalty and trust in that, you know, you really care about her having the opportunity to style her hair in different ways, but it's also an opportunity to, um, if, if she's used to doing her curls, let's say with a flat iron, yep. and then you show her how she can get a different kind of beachy wave with some kind of uh, waving styling tool, yep. uh, she's likely to buy that, that styling tool. Um, I think hairdressers underestimate that people will invest in how they look when we think about the fact that many many people are getting their their nails done every two weeks at the cost of 30 or 40 pounds they're getting their lashes done every four weeks at the cost of 40 or 50 pounds and then we hear hairdressers say oh no my client hasn't got any money now i think people have got plenty of money one of the biggest opportunities i think that we have in hairdressing is that everybody needs shampoo yeah right yeah and it you know I think one of the things that really holds us back f- from making our businesses wider in terms of um, cross selling and
0: upselling is simply information yeah. yeah yeah it's really interesting that you should say that about teaching your clients how to maybe curl their hair in a different way because Nikki and I in fact were talking about this earlier and suggesting that it would be a brilliant service for any salon to offer almost like a tutorial you know aside from the appointment to say like right you're going out on th- friday night why don't you come in on the wednesday it'll take half an hour and i'll teach you how to do this and maybe it's 20 pounds or something but if that's something that that person then knows how to do properly it's the exactly as you said it kind of builds that loyalty and that kind of connection between stylist and consumer that you've kind of shared that with them i think it's invaluable actually yeah especially i think for blow drying as well yeah that's something i'm so terrible at doing on my own head well
1: here's this how's this for a trend let's all seize the trend of becoming an expert in hairdressing you know behaving like an expert and not just you know seeing it as a service and and off they go because i know hairdressers care, care about their clients i know that often that there's a strong friendship there there's a relationship of sorts that you know might be as extreme as confiding, your greatest mm-hmm. woes, or it might be just, you know, somebody who just generally you associate with making you feel better. I've always wanted to be able to take my own stuff into the salon and say, right, show me how to use my dryer and my
2: irons. It gives you the opportunity then to show people that you are the expert. Yeah. And yeah. then when they do need a little bit of expert advice, yeah. then they will come to you. And also I think to be creative,
1: you can marry several trends, so the trend for the blow-dry bar, the makeup, the getting ready bar, with doing a tutorial, people bringing their own products in, maybe with an amnesty saying, okay, we'll swap some of your products, bring us in, some of, the, bring us in a styling product that you either don't know how to use or don't like, we'll either show you how it does work for you, or we'll swap it for another, maybe do that in conjunction with your manufacturer partners and see if you can't build some business that way. Absolutely. I think there's lots of scope for marrying up various trends yeah Yeah.
2: we've just introduced um, with some of our salons a concept um, that we're calling speed dating so um, the salons will have some mannequin heads and they'll have some hot tools they invite clients in and then they set up um, with each mannequin head a couple of hot tools And they allow the client to kind of play with different tools so they can see well if I have this wand it makes this curl and if I have this wand it makes this curl and we had um, a salon that did this with 15 um, clients who, who came in they had six mannequin heads 15 clients they were playing with lots of different um, hot tools and of course um, they sold hot tools that evening and they sold um, they sold products and in fact what the salon owner told me they expected people to be buying it for themselves but there were um, a couple of the clients that had come along to this evening who were buying the tools for their daughter the teenage daughter you know yeah, yeah. their niece then and, and uh, so it's really very interesting do you know what that's that is a big trend trying it for yourself I could think again that's something we all
1: expect to do it's like going into a, a shop and trying the clothes on you would expect to be able to try something to taste something you know now in supermarkets and restaurants they'll be giving samples, you know, the opportunity to of samples of things little sampling cups of drinks and so on and I think similarly in salons actually. Let the clients try it. Like here, you are. Let me put some of that in your hand. Not just to smell, but why don't you put it in your hair and see how nice it feels? Or as you say, on a on a head, on a doll's head, it's perfect. Yeah,
2: perfect. I think we've really, um, uh, you know, what we've d- what we've done here is we've really identified how you can take experience to another level. Mm. Yeah. And of course, another trend, not not uh, not a positive one in our industry right now, is the online sales. And for me. All of these things that we're talking about getting clients involved is how we keep sales in the salons yeah and it's really important that as an industry we rise up to the challenge of keeping sales in salons I think we've had a pretty good go at some of the overriding
1: Absolutely. trends and ways that businesses can keep relevant for clients and for the team with blowdry bars dry styling bars with veganism, veganism, it's and sustainability, easy. with the services, the speed of service,
0: training. Yeah, and certainly for training for the the clients themselves as well. I think. Yeah, position yourself as an expert. I think to to keep in the know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Debbie, so much for your time. We really enjoyed great. having great. you. Thank, thank you very really
2: I'm so happy to take my four points away. <laughs> 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 thank you
0: very much. Yeah. Any time. <laughs> I'm Lily Cox and together with Nikki Pope, we have prepared some show notes for you on this week's topic about how to keep your business relevant and reactive. If you're listening to this on iTunes, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to Respectfully. And if you'd like to join in the conversation, you can email us at info at IHA.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, goodbye. goodbye.